Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to an Amber a Day, the functional nutrition podcast. I'm Amber Fisher. Thank you so much for joining me. Those of you who are listening in your cars, on the train, going to work, those of you watching on YouTube, hello. Thank you for wanting to watch my face talk about this stuff. Um, I'm excited that you guys are here. This is episode 32. Today is uh, January 9th for me as I'm recording recording this, excuse me, and uh, today we're talking about setting realistic goals because it's that time of the year where we're setting goals. Um, so before we get into that, I'm going to go over some stuff, personal stuff, just update you guys on my life. So um, as you all know, or can probably assume, January is one of the most busy months for a nutrition professional. So it has been jam-packed with um, not only new clients, but um, returning clients with everyone tends to kind of stay quiet at the end of the year. And then they come up they crawl out of the woodwork um, starting in early January. So um, I field a lot of messages and um, emails and things like that this time of the year. So those of you who are clients of mine who are listening, thank you for your patience with me during this month. It's always hectic. Um, I am in the process of uh, hiring a virtual assistant to help me um, with things. So that's exciting. And hopefully that will be in place very soon. And um, then, you know, you you will not have to deal with so many um, little things that, you know, when one person's trying to do it all, trying to run the whole business and do all the administrative work, there are bound to be little mistakes and issues that pop up here and there. So I'm in the process, guys, of trying to set myself up for success. I'm so thankful for all for all of you who have helped make me successful, you know, your faith in me and your trust in me to help you with your health is the reason why I'm so busy. I fully credit um, my busyness this year and in years past with um, the just the wonderful like word of mouth referrals from clients. And most people that I work with either find me through a client or, you know, a client um, told friends and family and brought them in or, you know, um, I mean, I do have some people who find me on their own, but I I do get a lot of business from, um, from clients, just word of mouth. So thank you guys. Thank you. Seriously. You help keep a small business running here, especially during really difficult um, times. So I'm grateful. I'm appreciative. If I haven't said it enough before, Feeling it in my heart. 
I just have no time to say things that aren't absolutely necessary, right? Um, so that's why I podcast, give myself an hour here and there once a week to kind of just catch everybody up on what's going on in my life. So um, that's work-related stuff, personal stuff, you know, I'm just same old stuff with the, with, we're waiting on the baby to start walking. He is so close any day now, he's going to start taking his first steps and that's exciting. Um, I did give him, <laughs> I'm cracking up because um, I gave him a Corona cut, guys. So um, we did travel over Christmas, it was a hard choice for us to make whether we were going to travel or not. Um, my husband's family lives in northern Indiana, and um, they had not seen us in a while. Um, the baby, you know, this this was supposed to be our year to go up there for Christmas, and um, you know, it's our our baby's so young, and um, they don't get to see him a lot, and so. We sort of went back and forth, but eventually made the kind of agonizing decision to go ahead and and go. Um, and so we did. We went up to um, Indiana to visit visit family, and um, we had a white Christmas. That was cool. Um, but then when we got back, we uh, decided to kind of quarantine at home for a couple weeks just to be safe and you know prevent other people from potentially. Um, getting sick if in fact we had gotten sick, which we didn't, thank goodness. Um, but, uh, but, uh, I, my baby Calvin, he desperately needed a haircut. So I was like, I don't want to take him anywhere. You know, I don't want to like run any more gambles here. So I decided to, um, give him a Amber special. And so he got his first real haircut from me. He's had a little, he's had trims before I've trimmed it, like I trim it off his ears and stuff like that. But this was a real haircut where I just sort of was like, here, let me take the comb. And you know how hairdressers do where they, they pull the hair up and then they do this. Well, um, you know, give me some credit guys. It's not like you've, well, you see him. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see, I post stories of him here and there, but um, you've seen it. So, uh, it's not, it's not great. Um, but I do, I have to say like, I'm defending myself here because cutting the hair of a baby is incredibly difficult. They, he just was not having it. He kept moving his head. He wanted to like bite the scissors. He, um, didn't like the, like the hair that would fall down, like tickle him and itch him. And so he was upset. Um, couldn't get him to sit, to hold still. So, um, I did the best I could under the circumstances. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, it looks fine. It looks fine, but we definitely, uh, we're going to be taking him to a professional location uh, in the future. So, um, speaking of hair, I also, I don't know if you guys can tell, but, um, I put red back in my hair. So those of you who know me for a long time know that back in 2018, I had like a, uh, crazy year where I was like, I'm going to do stuff to my hair that I've always wanted to do. You know, I started thinking like, gosh, why am I so concerned about like what other people think about my hair? Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like a, I would consider myself like a slightly edgy kind of person. That's sort of my, that's my look, right? Um, and so I've always, when I was younger, you know, I had my nose pierced and I used to have like purple hair and, and, um, I loved that. I was like, I felt so cool, you know? And so now as I get like getting older, I'm 
I'm like, man, I, I sort of miss that vibe. You know, I miss like standing out a little bit. And so in 2018, I did some crazy stuff with my hair all throughout that year. Like I got, I had it cut short. I like had it dyed. Um, I had, uh, like peekaboo highlights that were hot pink. And then I turned them to like unicorn colors. And then I did red and red is really my color. That's my favorite color. So I stuck with that for a long time. Um, and I loved it, but eventually after about a year of having my hair like that, I got a little sick of looking at red all the time, um, and trying to match clothes to it. So I got rid of it, went back natural. And then, you know, just this, the last couple of months I've been getting bored again. I love to change my hair. So I was like, you know what? I miss red. I'm going to put some peekaboo highlights in my hair. So another Corona hair situation and no, um, no offense at all to professional hairdressers. This is not quality work, but um, I will get back in the salon at some point soon and have a professional take care of this. But I did I did put a little bit of uh, red in my hair, did some peekaboo highlights. So if y'all are wondering like, wow, looks like her head's on fire. That's because there's red hair dye in there. So this is this color, my friends, for those who want to know, is called uh, Vampire Red by Manic Panic. Cause you know, gotta go old school with the manic panic. So, um, it is a, as they say, a vibrant blood red, which sounds just like right up my alley. So, um, yeah, I actually at first dyed it, um, Arctic Fox poison and, uh, that turned out very bright red. So if you guys want like a almost clown red, bright red color, uh, lighten your hair and then put Arctic Fox poison on it. It was like, whoa, it was almost, almost an orangey red. It was still red, but it was like on that more of that orangey spectrum, which is not really my jam. So I had it like that for a couple days and I was like, nah, nah, I gotta, I gotta fix that. So now it's, now it's vampire red. So yeah, I'm feeling like a real badass with my hair like this now, guys. So, um, anyway, that is personal stuff. So you could, I mean, you guys must be in the same boat as me. We're all getting bored here. Um, coronavirus is, is starting to get real boring. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uncertainty and unsettled energy in the ethers. Like people in the United States are crazy right now. Like I don't like to get into politics too much, but you know, I've been disappointed with the anger, just the just the anger that is just everywhere now. And I think we all are feeling that on both sides of the spectrum, like everyone's angry, you know? So, um, I think we're all like getting really stir crazy too. Um, so get bored, you get stir crazy. You got a lot of energy. You got a lot of emotion. What do you do? You know, how do you, where's the outlet for that? Like right now there's not as many outlets as there used to be. So anyway, outlet for me, dye my hair. Um, and then, you know, just like ramble to you guys on a podcast, you know, if you, if you guys like talk therapy, podcasting is a great, uh, thing that you can do. So I encourage you start your own podcast. Everybody has one, right? So you can start one too. Talk about whatever. I love podcasts. Okay. That's enough. That is 10 minutes of me. So now we're going to move on to today's topic. So, uh, we're talking about setting goals. Why am I talking about this? Well, um, you know, okay. So as a nutritionist, it's like kind of the default that, um, I'm always going to have to talk about, excuse me, always going to have to talk about new year's resolutions. And the reason for that is because, you know, it's my busiest time of year. People do start 
to do find me and do start to come see me because of New Year's resolutions that they set for themselves. So, you know, right off the bat, I want to tell you, I'm not anti New Year's resolution. I know that there's like different opinions on that. And like, it's, it's not like, it's weird how things go are cyclical because like, you know, there's, there was a time when it was like really popular to make a new year's resolution, new year's goal. It was like, you know, saying that something about you, that you made goals for yourself. And then now it's sort of become like the fashion to kind of like be nonchalant about things like us millennials. We're always doing that, right? Everything's ironic. Everything's like, I don't care, but I really care, but I don't care. So now the whole, I don't care is about making new year's resolutions. And then almost like even some people even vilify them and act like they're like body shaming or whatever. I don't get into that guys. Like, you know, I like to take a balanced view of everything. So to me, new year's resolutions, Yes, there are pitfalls with them, but there are also benefits to them. And I, I, I tend to like to set them for myself. I don't set like, um, hard and fast, like rules with them where if I don't fulfill them, then I'll be like, think like I'm a terrible person, but I do like to set goals for myself and have deadlines for them. Um, so that I know like, Hey, I met my, you know, like I said, I was going to do this and then I did it. Um, it's always been important for me in my life to have goals and have things to look forward to. I think um, it's human nature to get bored with where you are, to want to, you know, um, achieve more and, and, and go further and um, having realistic, like feasible goals for myself sort of helps me do that in a way that, that then is rewarding. So if I um, set a goal and then I meet it and I, you know, it feels good. It feels good to meet those goals and you feel accomplished and, and you can like, um, you know, hang your hat up at the day proud that you, you accomplished your goals. So I think there's, um, I think there's benefits to them. I know personally for me, I have always found that there's some benefit to setting a new year's goal. Now we can get into pitfalls with that too, because right. If we, we attach too much, um, of our personal opinions about ourselves to those goals. Um, and then, you know, life gets in the way or this happens or that happens, or, um, or we choose the wrong goals, goals that we think we want, but we don't really want, and then don't end up pursuing them, which is often what happens. And um, then we feel, you know, like, gosh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to anything? So, um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the psychology of setting realistic goals, how to make them last, how to make them sustainable. Um, and I think that's really important, not just for New Year's, but all year round. So I often, um, you know, it's a big, a big topic of mine that when people do come um, to me interested in working with me, that they be ready, right? Like that they're motivated. And um, there's a certain energy that you get from a person who's really ready to go, who's really ready to make changes. Um, and I've gotten over the years, you know, more successful at picking that energy up that energy is so important because that motivation is really what separates the weak from the strong, what really or the wheat from the chaff or whatever you want to call it. It's really what, um, what makes the difference between a person who is not going to go the distance with their goals and a person who is. And as a nutrition professional, it is much more rewarding for me in my work to work with somebody who's motivated because that person is going to take what I tell them. They're going to run with it and they're going to make it work for them and they're going to find the answers for it. And they're not going to make excuses and, um, they're not going to, you know, come back and, and 
blame things on me. You know, oftentimes as the person who's like pushing people forward, um, who's the catalyst for change, you also often get the brunt of their defensiveness of their, you know, their defense mechanisms of their, um, of their, uh, anger at themselves. They deflect it onto you. So I deal with that, you know, with, with clients from time to time where, where they, you know, blame their lack of success on either, you know, gosh, the meal plan was too hard or it's not sustainable or this, this or that, you know, that people have it, their excuses. Right. And I've learned to kind of like, let that slide off of me. Um, because I know that it's just an internal defense mechanism for people, but it is so much more rewarding and less frustrating when um, I'm working with somebody who I know is not going to do that because they're really ready to take responsibility for themselves and they're really ready to, to move forward. Uh, so, and that's not to say that I'm, that I'm never wrong, like that, you know, I've been wrong before and, and I will admit when I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, you know, those of you who are in nutrition know what I'm talking about. Um, so uh, okay. So setting realistic goals. So there's, uh, there's ways to do this, right. There's ways to do this wrong. And, uh, the first thing that we have to look at to make sure that our goal is going to be something that we're actually going to stick with is we have to find, um, our why. So we talk about this in nutrition a lot. Um, finding your why is, is finding your motivation, finding your reason, for doing this. Um, and particularly with, with nutrition and, you know, particularly when we talk about weight loss, um, if that's, you know, that, I know that's a lot of people's goals at the beginning of the year, right? Particularly when we talk about those things, we have to know our motivation, why, and in some cases, knowing our motivation, why will change our goal. And here's, here's why. So a lot of times at the beginning of the year, people make a goal about, um, losing weight right? Because, uh, people, you know, they're unsatisfied with, with how they look or how they feel or, or whatever. And they think, you know, they make the next logical step is like, okay, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. I need to lose weight. Um, that, uh, welcome to the alchemy of natural healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. that sometimes is the case, right? So like sometimes weight loss is, is the goal. I have worked with people who truly their motivation was weight loss. It was a certain look that they wanted to achieve, um, a certain weight range that they wanted to be healthy. And, and, you know, that was the goal and, and it worked for them. But nine times out of 10, just saying, I want to lose weight, um, is not, is not really connecting to the, the actual thing that you want. So, um, I posted about this on Instagram the other day. 
because there's a lot of things that people are saying when they say, I want to lose weight. And what they're really saying is they really want, you know, primarily it's, it's they want a better self-image. They want to like have more confidence in themselves. They want to look at themselves in the mirror and feel the way that they either feel inside or that they used to feel. Um, they want to fit in their clothes. They want to be a certain type of person that they either once were or that they've always imagined themselves being. So, and that type of person it's not so much physical appearance, but physical appearance is the, it's the thing that sort of brings all this stuff together because it represents this person that they want to be. And this person is confident and this person goes for what they want and does what they want to do and goes the places that they want to go and, and has no fear, you know? So for example, this person um, that they want to be wears a two-piece swimsuit to the beach and feels confident and sexy in it, you know? Um, that's a lot of women, they, they, they think those things. Um, so what is it that this woman really wants? Is it really that she wants to lose weight and be, you know, a size two, or is it the fact that she wants to feel confident and sexy in a swimsuit and walk around? Well, it's the sexy and confident part, but you know, she's associating that sexy confidence with a certain dress size or with a certain weight. Um, and the reality is that the, while there may be some work that needs to be done physically to help get her mind there, um, the mind is the real, the real thing that's, that's holding her back. And so it's really a, the goal, really the motivation really is internal, right? So, um, you know, and what else are people talking about when they lose weight? Well, then another thing is that they don't want to have, um, they don't want to have fear of the future. So fear is a big motivator. Um, because when people are overweight and they're fixated on their weight, a lot of times it's because they're fixated on the potential complications of having excess body fat. Um, you know, and those complications do exist. I, uh, I, as a nutritionist, as a professional, I feel it's my responsibility to tell the truth. I think that sometimes in our sort of modern, um, in our modern culture, we have gotten to a place where we don't like to tell the truth about weight. Um, we don't like to tell the truth about body fat percentage, and we like to act like you can be healthy at any size. Um, that's just not what the scientific, you know, literature has found. I wish it, it were. Um, and I totally believe in, um, being, you know, confident and not, um, not beating up on yourself and not feeling, feeling guilty, um, for the size that you are. However, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, there are, there are certain standards that need to be met in order to ensure a more healthy, um, a more healthy balance. That doesn't mean that then people don't get sick. You know, they do. Um, but in a lot of cases, BMI um, or better body fat percentage really do play a role in our overall health, right? So people, when they, when they know they're overweight, then they fear those consequences of being overweight that are often associated with that, you know, blood sugar imbalances that can lead to diabetes or which, you know, heart attacks, stroke, um, all these kinds of things that they, blood pressure problems. These are all things that people worry about. Um, so when they talk about losing weight, what they're really talking about is, is feeling, um, is feeling safe. They want to feel safe in their bodies. They want to feel safe that they will make it to, you know, old age or, or whatever it may be. So as you can see, saying I want to lose weight is fine and good and whatever, but it doesn't really get to the root of why, what the real motivation is. 
So sometimes in cases like that, for example, with the health, with the fear of health thing, it's actually better to make a New Year's resolution of um, something specific to a health marker. So saying like, I would like to get my cholesterol into the normal range, for example, or I would like to, um, you know, I would like to feel uh, healthier and more, have more energy, um, you know, and whatever that may entail. So, and that may be a more effective goal, um, although it's still, it's still a general goal, but it may be more effective for you than saying, I want to lose weight because it really connects more to what you really, really want to do. Um, same thing with, with body image stuff, you know, like make your goal. I want to feel sexy and confident in a, in a two piece swimsuit. Right. And so that will help you to not just focus on what you need to do to fit into that swimsuit, but also what you need to do internally to sort of accept yourself, to accept your body. Um, this is a little, little aside, but I think with women, I see this a lot, um, when we talk about body image. And um, women often have this uh, goal or this vision for their bodies that's not realistic. Um, your body shape is your body shape. So if you're pear-shaped, for example, um, which means that you have wider hips, uh, you're always going to be a person that has wider hips. So you can lose 10 pounds, you can lose 20 pounds, but your shape is always going to be pear-shaped. Um, you know, within a certain healthy body fat percentage range, that can look beautiful. You know, any body type can look beautiful. Um, and it's not, you know, saying that this body type is better than that body type, but if you're pear shaped, you should be aware that you're always going to be pear shaped. And that's just the truth. Like you're not going to go from one day to the next, like, or from, you know, losing 20 pounds and have a completely different, like, you're not going to have an athletic build, uh, athletic body type as a, pear-shaped woman. Like your thighs will always be, you know, somewhat larger. Your hips will always be somewhat larger than the rest of your body in, in context. Um, same thing like, like for me, you know, I'm more of, um, I'm more of a, um, like apple shape, you know? So even when I lose the weight that I want to lose, like for example, over the last year, I've been working on losing the baby weight from that I gained, I've gained 40 pounds, um, during pregnancy. So I've been working on that and, and finally got back to my, my usual size, but I still carry most of my weight in my, in my stomach and in my, you know, in my torso. That's just how, how I am. You know, if you've ever seen like a full body picture of me, you know that I have thin legs, but I carry a lot of my weight in the middle. And that's always true. I've been smaller than this and it's still true. Um, so your shape is your shape. You can't change that. So when we look at these goals of, of weight loss and, and, and change, we also have to, to look at, okay, the, the realistic nature of them, right? And then how they connect to our image of ourselves. And that's why doing body image work and looking at how to achieve confidence that has nothing to do with your weight, that isn't dependent on your weight is so important because I can guarantee you, I've seen it a hundred times, a person can get to their goal weight and they will still find flaws in themselves. They will still find things that they don't like or that they want to change. You know, a, 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 this happens a lot with pear-shaped women for whatever reason. Most women, I guess, are pear-shaped, but um, they will get to their goal weight and then they're like, you know, I'm well, my fat, my thighs are still fat. That's what I hear a lot. You know, my thighs are still fat. Um, and they don't see how beautiful they are. They don't see how, how, you know, great they look because they're so concerned, hyper-focused on their fat thighs. Um, 
you know, to them. So that body image stuff is, is really important, right? And that's where I think the body positivity movement um, goes right. I also think there's places where it goes wrong, like when we talk about weight loss as if it's evil or when we talk about wanting to be a healthy body fat percentage as if it's like some sort of like thing with the patriarchy or something. Um, that's where I think it gets a little ridiculous. But it also is important for us as women, you know, to recognize that like this is the shape that your body is and it's beautiful and it, it you know, it's it's beautiful how it is. Like God doesn't make mistakes, right? Um so, and that's a lesson for me too, ladies, right? You know, those of you who are, who know any, maybe I need to do a podcast about body image now that I'm, now that I'm talking about this, I'm like, I have a lot to say about body image, you know, cause this is a, this is something that all women I think struggle with. And in particular, uh, me as a woman who is a nutritionist, of course I struggle with body image. I've talked about it before. Um, so, you know, this is a learning curve for me as well. But we need to connect to our why. We need to connect to our motivation and our reason. So whatever your goal is, the first and most important thing is to think about it in those terms, to think about it emotionally, to connect with it, to try to understand what's my deeper motivation. Self-awareness is the foundation for all success in life. If we're not self-aware, if we don't know what we really want, we will just continue spinning our wheels, saying things that are motivated by, you know, our husbands or boyfriends or family or culture or whatever it may be, and that don't really connect with our true wants. And then what happens, right? We're not successful because we don't really want it. We just say we do to get it, get other people off our backs. So we have to make these goals and we have to make these um, motivations from a place that um, really connects deeply to us and to what we want. And that's different for everybody. Um, so my suggestion would be take the time to do that. Nobody says that you have to, I mean, it's January 9th and we're still talking about New Year's resolutions. Why? Because a lot of people still haven't finalized theirs and that's okay. Like there's nothing that says that they have to be finalized by January 1st, but we do need to eventually finalize them, right? We do need to eventually kind of come to terms and come to a conclusion on like, okay, this is what my goals are going to be. And this is how long it's, how long I'm going to take to, to do them and, and whatever it may be. So spend the time up front. I'd rather you take that time, take a while thinking about these things, than just like jump in with something that you don't really care about. You know, like for example, I'll give you a personal example. So I, um, I still haven't said anything about what my new year's resolutions for the year are, um, because I have been sitting around thinking about them. Um, and they're kind of like morphing and changing as this month goes on. And, um, I feel foggy about where I want to go in 2021. So I kind of know where I want to go with business, but, um, with personal goals, with health goals, I want to connect to something that really, really means something to me. Um, and you know, I, I was telling people, yeah, this year I want to lose like 10 pounds. Um, because, uh, that's the kind of weight that has always eluded me. Um, even, you know, even at my thinnest weight, I, I wasn't this weight that I wanted to be right. So I, I can understand guys. Um, 
but the more I, the more I think about it, the more I watch myself and the choices I'm making with food and the choices I'm making with caloric balance and exercise and things like that, I'm realizing I really don't want that. Like, I mean, sure. I wouldn't say no to losing 10 pounds and I'm not going to, um, to be sad if at the end of 2021, I'm 10 pounds lighter. Right. But at the same time, it's not really connecting deeply with my motivation for this year because my motivation for this year has a lot more to do with, with my business, with focus on my, um, growth and outreach and expansion with, with my education. This year is going to be huge for me with education. I'm going through my um, Institute for Functional Medicine certified practitioner, IFMCP. Um, if that's not long enough, um, but I'm, I'm starting working on that. And so, you know, this year is going to be a, a lot about that for me, about expanding my mind and then expanding my, um, my reach with my practice. So, um, I, you know, you only have so much motivational energy. You only have so much determination. Willpower is not this inexhaustible pool. Um, we know from the studies that willpower actually is, you know, a, a finite amount and you only have so much to pull from. Once you pull from it, you have to wait for that pool to fill back up. Um, so for me, you know, my, I'm draining that pool for business. I'm draining that pool for outreach and not necessarily for a vanity goal of, of looking a certain way that, you know, realistically, do I really care that much? I mean, I'm, I'm a healthy body weight. Like I feel good about myself now. I, I fit in my clothes again. Like, you know, I, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, yeah, you look good. So do I really, really want to lose 10 pounds? No. Cause if I did, I would already have done it. Like if I did, I would already be working on it. You know what I'm saying? The same thing with goals. Like if we, if we address them from like a logic perspective too much, then they don't connect to what we really want and our desire. And then, you know, willpower is always connected to desire, um, not so much connected to logic. Like, you know, you can logically tell yourself like eating at um, fast food places is like bad for you. But if your desire tells you, gosh, I really want to eat at fast, fast food places more than I really want to be healthy, then what are you going to do? You're going to eat at fast food places. Whereas if your desire is, gosh, I really want to feel safe and vibrant and energetic, then you're not going to be as vulnerable to the times when you're like, hmm, maybe I should get fast food or gosh, it's been a long day and I don't feel like cooking. So let me get fast food. So there's something to, to be said about connecting to your desire, connecting to your willpower, and then putting that into logical, practical terms and kind of like understanding it from both perspectives. Um, so find your why. Next thing we got to do to set a realistic goal that's actually going to work is we have to be really, really specific. So for the example of weight loss, it is much more effective to say, I want to lose 10 pounds or even better, even better than that. I want to be um, under 28% body fat um, because 28, 18 to 28% is the healthy body fat range for females. Um, so to say, like, I would like to be under this place or under that place, um, rather than I just want, like, I want to lose weight. Okay. You want to lose weight, but like, how much weight do you want to lose? Right. And we hear this a lot. I know this is advice that you guys have heard before, because when it comes to goal setting, this is always like something that comes up, like be specific. Right. Um, but it's, it's really important to do because if you do set a, a goal, that's very vague, it's much harder to set benchmarks for yourself. And if you don't set benchmarks for yourself, then you have, 
you you have to just purely connect only with like your willpower um, and your motivation. And that runs out at some point. Whereas if you have benchmarks, you're more likely to kind of like be able to use your logical brain for it too and sort of drag yourself along while your willpower um, builds back up. So they work together. Um, so be really, really specific. So for this goal, you know, um, being under 28% body fat, that's a great goal. Um, now, when we get specific, we can also figure out, are we being realistic? If you weigh, uh, you know, if you're, oh gosh, if you're 38% body fat, getting under 28% body fat within a year, that's going to be a really hard goal for you to reach. It's not impossible. Um, but it's going to be a really tough goal. Whereas, um, you know, if you're, let's say you're, you're 40% body fat or something, maybe getting under, um, maybe getting under 35% or 33%, maybe that's a better goal for the year. So a lot depends on, on once you know what your goal is and you're very specific, then you can sort of look at, um, the data and figure out, okay, is this also realistic? Cause it has to be specific, but it also has to be realistic, specific, realistic, specific, realistic, um, kind of rhymes. So being specific, being realistic, um, how do you figure out if you're being realistic? Ha ha ha. That's the, that's the hard part, right? Um, sure. You could Google it. Uh, you know, I'll give you a few little pointers here for those of you who, um, who need some realistic goal setting for weight loss purposes. It's generally realistic to look at losing half a pound to a pound of body fat a week, which I know is not what you want to hear. Um, particularly if you are a petite woman, if you are around five foot under five, five, I would say, um, you're going to be looking closer to that half pound. And this is averages because weight loss comes in and shoots and starts. So you're looking at an average over the course of a year, weekly loss of around half of a pound. That's realistic. That's a realistic goal. Um, not to say that you can't lose more. Sometimes you do. Um, but that's a realistic goal. Two pounds a week is not realistic unless you are very overweight or very tall um, or a man, you guys. But even not all men even can can do that. I mean, it, it is men do have an easier time. I won't lie. Like their bodies are not as as connected to hormonal fluctuations, which helps um, helps with water retention and it helps them with weight loss. But men still have trouble. And particularly if men have metabolic damage, they still have trouble. Uh, so so that's realistic as far as pounds per week. Um, so, yeah, like you could Google it, like you could look up your um, basal metabolic rate and then, you know, make a do math calculations from there and, and all that stuff. Or if this is a real goal that you really desire, and that's really connected to your motivation for the year, you could think about working with a professional, just putting it out there, guys. Also, there are lots of great, great practitioners out there who can help you lose weight. Um, if that's, you know, your goal or your need or whatever it may be. So working with a professional, what that helps you do is really get an idea of timelines. One of the things that I love to do for people is to give them more realistic timelines. So we sit down at our first appointment as we're kind of going over um, what to expect and um, 
what my, what, you know, I want them to eat and all that. And I also will look at and say, okay, like this is what your in-body scan. So I do, I do like bioimpedance scans. This is what your scan says. This is how much body fat we need to lose in pounds. This is how many percent we need to lose. Here's a realistic timeline for what that looks like when we're looking at, you know, a conservative idea of say half a pound a week or a pound a week. So, um, that's really helpful, I think, for people because more often than not, when people first come to see me and we're talking about weight and we're talking about realistic timelines for weight loss, their timeline for how long it's going to take them to lose the weight and the actual timeline of what I think it's going to take them to lose the weight is very different. So, you know, within like months different, like I tend to kind of play the long game here and I'm like, look, we're going to be working on this probably for a little over a year, you know, but most people are like, oh, in three months, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be here. And that's just because they've got this goal. They're connected to it. Right. But they haven't done the work of making it realistic and they haven't done the work of being specific. Once you're specific, you realize when you're being a little bit silly and that helps. We've got to be realistic about this because if we really want it to work, we can't set us ourselves up for failure. In three months, we'll be like, gosh, I'm only down 10 pounds and you know, not anywhere close to where I thought I would be. And that makes us feel bad. And then we want to give up, right? Whereas if you look at it from my perspective as a nutritionist, I'm like, wow, you lost 10 pounds in those three months? Like that was, that's really good progress. Like it's really good steady progress towards your goal. If you just keep going, like we're going to get there. So reframing it, looking at it from a different perspective often helps. And that's where being specific can be really helpful. Okay. Once we're specific, then we break it up into parts. Um, this is important too, because we have to have little chances to celebrate, especially if we've got a, a big goal. Like if our goal, for example, with cholesterol is like to get your cholesterol in the normal range and it's really high. Um, we don't want to just like wait until we get there to celebrate. Like if we have little celebrations along the way, like, Hey, I had a checkup and it's down this many points or whatever. Um, or with autoimmunity, like, you know, we, I made it through the first couple of months of my autoimmune meal plan and I don't have, um, joint pain in the mornings anymore or whatever it may be. You know, these little wins, these little goals are really important. So if we set timelines for that, that helps a lot. So as a professional nutritionist, I set these timelines for my clients in a lot of cases. So, um, you know, I guess uh, here's an example, like when we're working on food sensitivity recovery, um, which I do with, with, uh, it's, is a part of the plan for almost all of my clients It's part of the process, right? So I make these little goals of like, okay, within a month, I want them to be here with their weight. I want them to be here with their food sensitivity recovery. Um, and we'll start doing this, this, and this within three months, I want them here within six months, I want them here. And when we reach those goals, you know, then I get to congratulate them and be like, great, you know, we're here now. Now here's the next thing that we get to do. Here's the thing that we get to add, or here's the, here's the reward, you know, um, for this process. That's really, really important because if I sit somebody down and I tell them, okay, so I've got a year's worth of of work for you to do. We're going to get started today and I'm just going to expect you to just do all of this, just keep going with every phase of the of the process and then we'll check back in a year and figure out, you know, how you've been doing. People are not going to make it a year. Um they need those little steps along the way 
those little goal posts to look forward to. It's like when you run, if you guys have ever run um, like long distance, you know, if you've run a marathon, hey, there's a there's an example, but if you've ever run a marathon, you know, you have like mile markers, right, that you want to get to. Once you get there, you feel good. Yeah, you still got a lot of work to do, but you've got all that behind you as well. So it's important to have little goals um, within the bigger goal not just to give you something to look forward to, but to also give you something to hold you accountable. Um, if we don't have accountability with our goals, then we often find that like the world and the chaos of our lives gets in the way of us meeting them. Um, this is particularly true with weight loss. Uh, it can be easy to put weight loss on the back burner when, you know, somebody's this or that's going on and it's easier to get fast food for a while. And before you know it, we're back to where we were before. Whereas if we have these little steps along the way that we know we're looking forward to, we, it kind of keeps it in our heads. It keeps it forefront of the mind. And that's one reason why working with a professional is so helpful because it's almost like each time we have an appointment, that's another one of those goalposts for you. So, um, you know, I find that, that people do tend to be more successful tackling their health issues or their weight issues or whatever it may be when they are working with a professional just because of that, because the nutritionist is the accountability partner. The nutritionist is the goal setter. The nutritionist helps you connect to your why. Like that's all the things that we're trained to do. So, so that's an important part of the process. Okay. And then, um, setting, uh, deadlines for ourselves. So this is, it goes along with everything that we've been talking about, but when we have a realistic goal, then we can set a realistic deadline for that goal. So with weight loss in particular, you know, like I said, people often have a deadline for themselves that's unrealistic. And so when they hit that deadline, they're going to feel bad about themselves. The other mistake is to set the deadline too far away, right? And that's why reasonable goal posts along the way is important, but it's also important to have a final deadline, um, that uh, is is realistic as well. And, you know, that's not to say that that deadline can't move, like it can shift depending on where we're at, what's going on and all those kinds of things. But it's important to say like, okay, I want to be here by here. Um, you know, when it's, it comes to New Year's, like December 31st, like that's our deadline, right? So we wanna make these reasonable goals that fit within that time frame. Um, and we want to know like, okay, December 31st, like this is what I'm going to grade myself on. Um, you know, it, it gets tricky here because like, obviously I'm human too. And I know that not always when we set a goal, do we actually accomplish it? And sometimes our desires change and sometimes our motivations change. I've seen that in work with people a lot where we start off with one goal. And by the time we get done together, like their opinions about themselves, their opinions about food, their ideas about health have morphed so much that their goals are completely different, you know? Um, so it's like it's it's setting a deadline. It can never be 100% hard and fast, like absolute there's always going to have to be a little bit of wiggle room. And I think that's important for humans. But I also really think it's important for humans to hold themselves accountable for things. I think it's important for our for our psychology, for our sense of self-worth to meet our deadlines, to meet our goals. I know like 
as a self-employed person, if like, if I don't set deadlines and goals for myself, then it feels like I'm spinning my wheels, you know, because it's like, there's always work to do. There's always things that come up. Same thing is true for health. You're never going to be completely done with health. Like you're never going to be, um, in this perfect state of like optimal health. We don't live in that world. We don't, we don't live in a place where we can achieve optimal health. So we're always just climbing this mountain, climbing this ladder, reaching for it. Um, and it, it's important to be, to be aware of that, but it's also important to like keep trying and keep setting those deadlines and those goals for ourselves. Um, so, you know, it, human nature, is different for different people. Like personalities respond differently to deadlines and goals. My personality responds great to that kind of stuff because I'm a procrastinator. So if you don't give me a deadline, then I will uh, not get it done. Like I will wait and wait and wait. Um, so I give myself deadlines, right? I'm my own boss. So I make my own deadlines and that sounds nice. But those of you who are self-employed know that you're often a much meaner boss to yourself than like somebody else would be. <laughs> Um, so not to say that I'm not grateful because I am, uh, but yeah, we've got to set deadlines. So, all right, that's setting realistic goals. That's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. I really want to know what goals you guys have for the year, how you're meeting them, how you're achieving them, or, you know, even if you know what you did last year and how you achieve that. I mean, in the context of such a crazy year, I'm curious with you guys, um, but what I want to do um, to close things up is remind you, please ask questions for the podcast. Guys, I love answering your questions. You guys inspire me. So um, at some point here in the future, I would love to have a, to have like monthly podcasts or something dedicated just to answering you guys' questions. So please send me questions to an Amber a day podcast at gmail.com. You can find the link for all the stuff in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram. If you don't already at Amber Fisher nutritionist, um, follow me and Gabby. We, uh, do a show called eat with us where we eat at local restaurants here in San Antonio and show you how to eat healthy off the menus there. That's at eat with us underscore S A T X. You can also find that on YouTube. Eat with us S A T X. And, uh, what else, you know, what else? I don't know. Those are all my links. Find them below, but I hope you guys have a really good, uh, rest of the week, really good rest of January, you know, stay, stay strong. It's hard out there right now. Be the light. I think it's, there's so much darkness around us and, uh, it's so important for those of us who are called to be lights in this world, to really shine our lights right now. So, I know a lot of you are lights. I feel it. I feel your light. So shine it, shine it bright to all, you know, your friends, your family, like be kind, be generous, be everything that the world right now is not. We need it. All right. I'm going to close things up. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want. And I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.